Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting his kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. Today's message is in God's image. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. I love talking about Genesis chapter one. Um, I think there's so much to it. Um, I think that uh, so often we, uh, we cause there to be um, more confusion uh, than there has to be. Um, and yet it's a book that's worthy of discussion. So it's good that we discuss Genesis chapter one uh, on, on many different levels. Of course, um, my, a, a basic premise I have is that Genesis chapter one is not trying to be a science book. Right? That doesn't mean that there aren't some science aspects to it. It doesn't mean that it, it just completely goes against all the laws of science. But it's not, that's not its purpose. Its purpose is not to, to share with us how God scientifically, from our understanding, how he created the world. Right? It's more talking about um, that, one, God did create the world, right? which is very important. Um, for us to, to understand, but uh, in the way that it is then lays out this beautiful narrative of how God creates the world, it's actually telling us a whole lot about God, and then it tells us a whole lot about us, right? So it's, it's not just kind of giving you the basic facts of, okay, here's how God created. It's actually introducing you to the creator of the universe through this beautiful narrative. And, and, and it also, and especially now, it starts to introduce us and our relationship with God. And so you, I, I've always kind of viewed it as this is an introduction to the Bible, an introduction to, to the rest of the Bible, then kind of builds on these themes, right? But this is kind of the foundational aspect of who God is, of who we are. And it's, it's really some, some powerful imagery that we see. And so one of the things that we've uh, talked a lot about is that the world starts off in this chaotic state, and then God enters into that chaos, he enters into that darkness, and he starts to give it form, and he starts to give it function, starts to give it purpose, right? And, and that we see at the, the character of God. We see that with Jesus entering into the world, right? That, that theme is basically uh, repeated, that God continues to enter into the chaos of our lives, continues to offer us hope, and point us in the right direction. And we see that all the way from Genesis chapter 1. So last week we, we read um, through, through uh, all five and a half days, right? So now, now we're in the afternoon of day six. And, uh, and this is where uh, the, the, the language and the wording changes just a little bit. And, and, uh, and we see that something's a little bit different about this new creation. Right? God's been separating things out in those first two and a half, three days, right? Separating light from dark, uh, water and sky, land and water. He separated it out. Then he started filling it up uh, with fish and birds and uh, plants and, and animals. So he's done all that, and now he gets to kind of the, the pinnacle, if you will. So in verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. 
God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea, the birds and sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw that all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. All right, so this is just really interesting. And, and you could, honestly, and I, and I don't like doing this because I feel like you get bogged down, but you could have a sermon on nearly every little line going through uh, this because there's, there's so much discussion to have and things that, frankly, uh, we don't fully know all the answers to. And, and I think that's, that's important for us. I'm okay with that in my faith. Like, I'm okay that I'm not going to understand all of this. Like, there are cultural things that we see in the Bible that I'm not, I'm not sure of completely, right? That I'm, I'm like, okay, what exactly is that talking about? But you can still get the, the general point of what's happening. Well, that kind of happens here. And it starts off, says, so God created mankind, uh, oh, no, sorry, I, I, that's the, the next one. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea. So that's really interesting. Lots have been discussed there. What does that mean, let us make mankind in our image? Now, also, the, the word for mankind there, that is Adam. That, that's the Hebrew word for mankind is Adam, right? So it's talking about all of, uh, all of the human species. And, and it's, uh, it's just here, it's, it's not a, it doesn't have the in front of it. When it talks about it here in just a minute, when it talks about mankind, it, the Hebrew actually adds the. It's, it's nearly more specific. It's, it's just subtle language things. But it's, it's amazing what's going on here. And, it, and again, it's, it's kind of hard to figure out uh, exactly. But when it says, let us make mankind in our image, what does that mean? What do you mean, us? Right? We, we struggle with that. You know, from a Christian perspective, um, you know, a lot of times we look back and say, well, that's a reference to the Trinity. Let us make mankind in our image. I, I think that's, that's definitely possible. But uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with that because I think sometimes we, we separate the Trinity out too much. Like, it's still God, right? And sometimes we put it too much of an emphasis on separating that out, and it can cause, cause confusion. I don't, I don't think there were three entities back in Genesis of God the Father, and then God the Son, and then the Holy Spirit, that there were three separate entities creating that they were all there, but it was one entity, right? I mean, that, man, I'm not getting off into the Trinity. But that is a possibility, okay? And that's a, that's a, a Christian reading of this. Now, it's important to remember that this wouldn't have been written to Christians, <laughs> right? So Jewish people would not ever read that into to this, let us make mankind in our image, right? So... One of the, the typical ways, which I do think is possible, is that this is just a language thing. It's kind of, they consider it the royal we, 
right? That, uh, that you kind of just refer to it as, as we, but it's really just you speaking. And I, I, I started thinking about this. Well, does that make sense? And I was like, well, actually it does. I think on our Monday encouragement videos, uh, at the end of the, the video, as I'm talking to whoever's watching, which I know is multiple people, I'll say, well, we'll see you next week. Well, I just used we to see you next week. Well, it's just me there, right? So, so, so if you, you kind of think about it, okay, I, I see how that could be. That could be part of, part of this. It also, and I, I think, I've, I've really been thinking a lot about this, is think about what God has been doing. He's been creating all of this world. Now the plants and the animals and the birds and the fish are all around, and you kind of think of a, a big narrative. And so now God is present in that world that is now filled with all of his creation. And it's kind of, okay, now let us continue. We're all here together, all right? Now I'm going to continue making more creation, right? And so it's maybe a reference to the fact that now there's, there's other things than just God existing, right? Those are all possibilities we don't fully know. One thing that, that is different that... And, and I think it's, it's interesting that the image of God, mankind, is mentioned twice. So right? It mentions it here, and then it mentions it again. And I think one of the things that's happening here is it is making a difference between mankind, the creation of mankind, versus what God has been creating. Right? What God has been creating is really good, is really amazing, is, is perfect. But what God is creating in us, there's something different about it. And it was important enough to reiterate that. And I think part of it is this first mentioned is more kind of representing that, okay, we are part of God's creation just as the plants are, just as the animals are. There's kind of a connection with us with them, right? We're part of God's creation, but it does make, the, make sure, it says, but so that they may rule over the fish in the sea. So it's already elevating this creation, right? So we already have that, but there's a, um, it, it's talking about making it in, in God's likeness, um, but we're, we're still kind of connected with creation. So there's kind of that animal aspect that we are animals. And we know this to be true, right, scientifically, that we are in the animal kingdom. So we have a connection with the animals around us. So, so I think it, it's, it's talking a little bit about that, but it's saying even though you're an animal, you're, you're, you're above them, right? They, now, now, they may eat you, but, but you should subdue them, right? That's, that's one of the things you have the opportunity to do, right? So that's one aspect of who we are. We are created beings just like the animals, right? That is part of who we are, but we're actually more than that, and that's why it continues to go on. So then it says, so God created, and it's ha-adam, the man, the mankind, Right? And again, it is, it is talking about, this is not some you know, new form of language. This is talking about mankind. Right? This was never talking about just man as in the gender male. This, is, this term uh, is neutral. It is, so it, it was never um, specifically just talking about a, uh, a male person. It's talking about humankind. It says, so, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, to me, this, 
this is kind of where you really start to see something very different about this creation. That there is a soul involved here, right? There's something more, where there's more than just the relationship that an animal has with God and creation. There is something more to it. And, I, and, it, and it means a whole lot of things. But I think what, what you start to see is all of a sudden God has chosen to have a special relationship with this creation. Right? And that's why it's reemphasized. This creation is made in his image, in his likeness. Right? And then again, is given the authority to rule over the world. And not just the authority, the command to rule over the world. And that, that doesn't mean that you just do with it as you please. Right? No, that means to take care of it, but to, to rule over and subdue the world. That all of the rest of this creation that God has created is for us. Right? Now, you know, we, sometimes we get this place and we're like, oh, that's, that's kind of arrogant sounding and, and all this. Well, no, God created this world and then he created us and he, he said, this, all this other stuff that I've created, it is for you. Right? It is there for you to, to work and to take care of. Man, what an amazing responsibility that God is giving us. And this whole idea of being in his image is so powerful. And so we have not only are, is there a connection between us and the rest of creation, but there's something special. We can have a real relationship with God. Right? We can actually choose whether to live out our purpose that God has created for us or not. Right? And so I, I want to I think just a, a, a little bit about the ramifications of that. What does it mean? Why is that important to be created in the image of God? This is something that I think we take for granted in many ways. I mean, we all just, we, we know that's part of who we are. Yeah, we were created in the image of God. Right? But that was a world-changing idea. That was a world-changing philosophy because what that means, if we are created in the image of God, then that means human life is precious and human life is priceless and human life is valued because we are created in the image of God. Right? That, that means we are important, that life is important. And life for all creation is important. I'm not diminishing that at all. But there's something powerful about human life. And, and we think of that now from a 21st century mindset, and we're like, well, duh, right? I mean, the vast majority of people, we agree that human life is important. Now, there's the big, I'm not getting into the abortion debate here, but that is why I am pro-life, because I, I believe human life is important from all that. I know that's a muddy political issue here. But, uh, but I know, I think, that in, for the most part in the Western world, for sure, and really in a, in a lot of parts of the world now, most people recognize, yeah, human life is important, right? And it should be valued. That is not always the case historically. Human life has not always been valued, right? And especially whenever this would have been written and whenever God would have been giving this to the people, there were cultures that didn't really care too much about human life, right? The, the idea of us being created in the image of God actually gave us reason 
to say human life is important. And guess what? You shouldn't murder someone. Right? It sets the, the stage for that actually being true. Because we are created in the image of God. Right? If we're not created in the image of God, what is the difference between killing a human and killing a cow? Well, maybe not much. Right? Like, like I mean, so the, the idea that we are created in God's image clearly is a distinguishing point. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're created in the image of God. We need to respect that. And that has literally transformed the world. Right? That, that is at the foundation of Western civilization and Western thought. Right? And, and I mean, it, you, you look even, man, you look into our, our Constitution <laughs> or our Declaration of Independence. It alludes to this fact. Right? It's not overt, but, but it, it's pretty close. It's recognizing that we are created in the image of God and therefore we should be free and to the, even to the point that the government needs to stay out of the business of the individual because that individual is so highly valued. That individual was created in the image of God. That is powerful stuff that many times we kind of, we forget Right? And, and I want to, there's going to be a couple of things that, that are going to challenge us today. But, uh, but I, I think about that in terms of, I, I think sometimes we see the ugliness in humanity. And man, there's a lot of ugliness in humanity. Right? And we start to think, you know, maybe, maybe the image of God isn't in everyone. Well, the reality is it is. It is in everyone. Right? And it's kind of interesting as, as, as cultures continue to, to become successful and be more comfortable, it, I, sometimes we've moved further away from this. One of the things that we see now, um, there are, are many people who have connections with their animals, that a closer connection with them than they do with humans. And they're, that's fine. That's okay. That's evolved over time, right? But there is a difference. There's a difference between your dog or your cat, or your fish, and you. And, and I, sometimes we need to check ourselves because we can easily get into the mode because we see the ugliness of humanity of treating other people a lot worse than we would treat the creation around us. Right? That, that's not a good thing. We should be treating the creation around us with respect and taking care of it. That's one of our jobs that God specifically gave us to do. But it's also, we need to recognize that all of God's creation, especially God's, the mankind that God created, that they are created in the image of God as well. That is vital to how we view other people. And if you start seeing other people as just simply creation and you take away the image of God from them, it becomes very easy to dismiss and to kind of cast aside. You know, as we think about creation uh, and, and the image of God and being created in the image of God, one of the things that becomes very clear here is that we have a very specific purpose. Right? We have a purpose to live our life in a relationship with God. Right? There's something different there. There's a different type of relationship that we can have with God Versus what 
the rest of creation can have with God. Now, that doesn't mean that the rest of creation doesn't have a relationship with him. It clearly does. doesn't mean that God doesn't love all of his creation. He clearly does. But there is a difference between us and the rest of creation. And sometimes, well, no, no, not sometimes, most of the time, that's kind of a frustrating difference because we get to choose whether to follow that purpose or not with grave consequences. Right? If you just think about the rest of creation and you think about, think about your dog, right? which that's evolved over time. We have domesticated dogs. Right? But your dog, the way that it follows its purpose is it behaves like a dog. Right? That's, that, that's it. You know, even, even when your dog gets angry and may bite the hand of someone when they mess with it whenever it's eating, that's not, that doesn't mean it's a bad dog. It's just being a dog. It's, it's protective, right? God created that dog to be protective. It knows it needs to eat. And if you're messing with it when it eats, it's going to lash out because it knows it needs to eat, right? And, and I know this is simple, and, I, and I'm not diminishing the close connection that we can have with, with, a, with creation in many different ways. There is real emotional connection because we are connected, right? But all the rest of creation, the way that it finds its purpose, it doesn't even have to think about it. It just does it, right? For us, we can choose whether to find our purpose in God or not. And that is incredibly powerful and incredibly dangerous all at the same time. Because we can choose to seek God and to follow, to, to base our purpose and meaning in Him. And guess what? It gives us a fulfilled life. We can find hope. We can find joy. Or we can choose to try to find our meaning and purpose somewhere else. And we can live a very miserable and unhappy life, right? I think in our culture today that we are struggling and we have a crisis of meaning, people trying to find meaning, right? Just one example that we see here is it, it says that God created them uh, in his image he created them male and female, right? The, one of the popular topics today is trying to figure out how that works in our society, right? Well, scientifically, theologically, biologically, it's male and female. Sociologically, psychologically, there's some differences there. There are those who struggle. There, clearly, there are those who struggle with their identi identity, but it's not just in gender. I would say that's where it's most pronounced right now. It's kind of jumping out at us. But the problem there is not with creation. The problem there is with identity, with finding where your identity is. And as Christians, we need to be very sympathetic to any and all people who are struggling to find their identity. Right? For most people, that doesn't manifest itself in a way that they struggle with being male or female, right? But we all go through times in our life where we're struggling to find who we are, right? And we need to make sure that we are doing what is best to help people and to point people 
to their creator because I believe that is where it is found. That doesn't mean this is a simple thing. It's not. But one thing that's interesting, I think most people would say, man, we, there are more and more people that are struggling to find identity. Suicide rates are going, going up in, in uh, kind of across the board. Uh, depression rates are going up, right? Um, even, even those who struggle with whether they're male or female, they can have the, the surgery and go through all of the changes, and guess what? Their suicide rate is still sky high, right? It, it doesn't fix the problem. And it's like we're throwing all kinds. We've never been wealthier. We've never been throwing more into trying to help people find their meaning and purpose in all walks of life. And yet all of these other factors, negative factors, are going up. Why is that? And I'm going to kind of sound like the, the, just the old preacher. Maybe because the answer is found that our identity is found in God and no one's going to tell you that outside of these walls. Culturally. That is not an answer, right? Culturally, you try to say, you know, maybe, maybe when you're struggling with your meaning and purpose, you really need to start uh, developing your relationship with God and at least give that a chance. We don't even give that a chance. That's like, it's thrown off the back burner, right? And, and I see this even with uh, my girls and things like that. We put such an emphasis on, okay, you need to start thinking about what you're going to do, what you're going to be. Are you going to be a nurse? Are you going to be a doctor? What, what's your profession going to be? And all of a sudden, that starts to sound a lot like meaning and purpose language, that this is how you're going to find it. You're going to find your meaning and purpose by the groups that you're in in high school, by what your friends think about you, by how good of a parent you are, by how good of a spouse you are. All of those things should be important to you. But if you are trying to find your purpose in them, you are going to eventually be miserable because at some point they're going to come crashing down. At some point you may think, okay, I know I am, I am supposed to be a pastor. Thank you, God. That's the purpose for my life. And then all of a sudden, a church says, you know what? We don't want you anymore. Get out. What does that do, right? That can start crushing you if you have based your identity and your purpose on that profession, right? There's a difference between that. And it is so important. We have to base our purpose and our meaning on the fact that we are created in the image of God. Not on what we do, not on who we hang out with, not on what our bank account is, not on any of that stuff, right? Because all of that stuff is going to change. But at the core, at the start of it, the foundation, we have to understand that we are created in the image of God. That gives us purpose. Because, and man, don't, <laughs> don't dismiss how amazing that is. The creator of this universe, who created all of this, when he created you, he created you as an, as an individual unique in the image of God. And he put his fingerprints on you and he created you to live in relationship with him. That is powerful stuff that you are created in God's image. Your value is not based on what you give back to society. Your value is found in the fact that you are created in God's image. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. 
We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.